Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Hi, good evening. My name is uh, Tom Russell. I'm your host for uh, Life Without Limits. And I, I've gone through a lot of different things uh, this week. And uh, I apologize for not having my guest on, uh, original guest on last week. But uh, I think anybody who listened to my guest that I had, uh, Jennifer, I think that it uh, was an incredibly moving, moving uh, show. So I think uh, we did, did well. And I, I cover a lot of different topics. And I wanted to make sure that I I talk about the human condition where people are uh, they're champions over their circumstances. And uh, tonight's guest uh, is is not going to be any different. But I think tonight uh, we're going to talk about uh, introversion. And but before I bring my my guest on, I want to talk about the subject matter as it relates to uh, the experience that, that I have had. And oddly enough, it isn't about me, but. As most of you know, I'm involved with an incredible organization that's called uh, Five Star Life, and we work with students in school to not only offer insights on what they need to do to excel in the classroom, but we also dig a lot deeper, and we try to help them on a more, more personal level. You know, we encourage excellence and enthusiasm for everything they do, but I have to tell you, I have one of the most amazing students I've ever had over the past uh, 13 years I've been involved with this uh, program. You know, he excels in the classroom, but he struggles with coming out of his shell and he displays so many insecurities about himself uh, that he, had, he just has a difficult time to express uh, express that to my, my myself and the, his teammates. And over the past year and a half, you know, I've been prodding him to be more vocal and, and forthcoming, but it's, it's been met with a, a side eye and, and I think he looks towards me like I have two heads or something. And it wasn't until I talked to, with my guest uh, tonight that I learned I was doing it all wrong. The worst thing you can do is try to force someone to, to be something he's not. And last week, I, I sat down with him and I apologized to him for, for, not, for uh, doing that to him. And I told him just to thrive just by being you. Nobody should pigeonhole you into being this wild and enthusiastic, over-the-top leader where people naturally gravitate uh, towards you. And, and they should just respect you for uh, who you are. And and I was very encouraged because his, his response was was genuine, and he and he looked at me and he and he smiled and he, and he gave me this huge sigh of relief. It, it was then that I understood fully what being an introvert is like. And so let me ask you, uh, what, what do Bill Gates and Albert Einstein and J.K. Rowling and Mark Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, Meryl Streep, what do they all have in common? At first glance, you could look at that list by saying all these people are incredibly successful in their fields of endeavor, and you'd be right. But 
on closer inspection how they got to be successful, you'd imagine them to possess, uh, I don't know, like a vibrant, extroverted, extremely ego-driven personalities. But you come to realize they aren't your atypical extroverted people. On the contrary, I think they are the opposite end of the personality spectrum by being what you would call an introvert. And, uh, you know, as I said in the beginning, I used to view someone who is considered an introvert to be painfully shy to refusing to come out of their shell. And as uncomfortable as that is to admit, I now realize how backward thinking and how wrong that is. And to label one as an extrovert or an introvert is inherently wrong with the aspect that we should always accept whatever spectrum of personality we possess and make the best of what we have. Those people mentioned in the beginning succeeded because they were true to themselves and they believed by being an introvert, it allowed them to flourish and to thrive in an environment they're most comfortable with. Now, my guest tonight, Tracy Gillette, she's an introvert, but what makes her story so intriguing is she offers counseling to introverted teens and adults who struggle with anxiety in relationships at work and, uh, and school. And she helps them build skills to manage anxiety as well as build better relationships at work and, and, and at home. Now, as an introvert, she knew about not feeling good enough because of her quietness, and she knew how anxiety could stop her in her tracks. But she's, she's walked the path from being an awkward introvert, painfully quiet person, to a more confident, successful person in her own right. So having said all that, I want to welcome Tracy Gillette to, to my show. Yeah, thanks, Tom. It's really great to be here. Yeah, and I, I loved hearing that story about the student and how you connected with him. Well, yeah, you would have the scene, hit the look in his face because you know he's 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 so, he's so shy. You know, we'll talk about this later on about being shy and being an introvert. But I, I just looked at it as as being shy, but I didn't recognize the simp the signs uh, of introversion that I think is so key in someone's development. And when I apologized to him, he was kind of taken aback. So, so let's start talking about you and, and, and what uh, introversion is all about. What uh, kind of misconceptions do people have about, uh, about introverts? Yeah, and I would say generally is that, um, you know, that introverts, we're anxious. We don't like to be around people. You know, we struggle socially. And, and really that, like, there's something wrong with introversion and it should be fixed. And the round and introversion isn't something to fix, right? It's just who we are. So I would say those are generally the misconceptions that people hold about it. And and there's a negativity seemed with introversion as well. Now, what's normal for in- introverted behavior? Yeah, and with this question, and this is something that, like the longer that I've been working, providing counseling to people that are introverted, really kind of collecting that myself and because I think because extroversion is seen as the norm, that I think there's been that gap for what actually is normal for people that are more introverted. And um, so when you talk about that student, like that would be a, a lot of that normal behavior, you know, being quieter in a group setting, kind of slow to warm up. Um, you know, we often might have one or two really close friends and that's normal, that's not, that's not a deficit. Um, you know, we do like to spend long, long periods of time on our own. And that can be seen as depression where it actually isn't. It's just really enjoying our own company. Uh, and then we can be quiet in a group and still feel quite connected. So I think that's something that, that people don't see, that if you're not talking, it means you're disconnected and not part of it. But we can feel quite connected in that listening, observing, you know, putting pieces together. So it's say those are like generally more healthy introverted behaviors that might not be seen as that. Now I found this uh, stat uh, really interesting because it said a half to, to a third to a half of the population are, are introverts. Why is that number important? Well, and I think so there's a lot more talk now about introversion, but I still think it's largely misunderstood. So, and I think there was a belief that not many people were introverted. Because I think the stereotypical um, kind of I, or introverted person is more that IT computer guy. So you would think it's just a small portion of the population. 
but with that, knowing that it's one third to one half, even things like employers knowing that probably at least one third of their workforce is introverted. So there's different needs that they have. So then how can they make the workspace a better place? And then even for introverts knowing that, because um, I know growing up, I felt like nobody was like me. You know, we're now, I know there are many people like me. And when we find people that are like us, and, and whatever that is, introverted, extroverted, it really, we're, it helps us be more connected to those people. So it isn't that sense so much that we're different from everybody else. We're different within, you know, we have our own group that we belong to. And as humans, we really need to belong. So I think it's important, um, yeah, that there's awareness that there's lots of us out there. Now, since you brought up um, your uh, about you as yourself, can you tell me what uh, you went through when you were uh, younger? Uh, because you know, because you mentioned to me just before we uh, got on the show that uh, um, one of the things that. Uh, uh, introverts feel like they that they're failing did you feel like that yeah yeah and there's one book um it's called introvert power and the author i'm not i might not i might not say her name right laurie helgo and she uses the term failed extrovert and when i read that like that just landed so well for me because that explained most of my life so i was trying to be something that i wasn't and an introvert we can act introvert we can act extroverted for a period of time, but then we always go back to our introversion. And so I always went back to feeling like I was failing. So, and then that impacted my self-esteem. I didn't think anybody wanted to be my friend. He would want to date me. Like all of those, um, all of those really negative feelings. And it's quite common for introverts to feel quite boring. So then we think no one's going to want to be our friend. So, yeah, so probably kind of teens until you're just around 40 really felt like I was failing, even though I was having a good success in my life, but I wasn't succeeding as an extrovert. Were you trying to force yourself to be an extrovert up at that, up at that point? I would say, like, when I reflect back, I wouldn't have had those, like, that thought in my head, but, um, you know, that I, like when I would get invited to go, I almost like I would go regardless of what that invite was. And, and that was especially kind of my late teens, early 20s, um, you know, going to pub, those kinds of things that, um, that just wasn't a great environment for me. So, so I would do a lot of doing too much, but then I would withdraw for long periods of time to recover. So, yeah, so reflecting back, I definitely tried to be extroverted, but it didn't work. Now, uh, Kayla was asking a question. She asked, uh, you'd know if you were an introvert, right? Yeah, I think that is a great question. Um, it's, I think people need to be educated, like have some idea of what an introvert is. Because just as I was saying, I, I felt like I didn't know I was an introvert. And a lot of my clients, I'll ask them that in the first session. You, When did you know that you were introverted? And some people always knew. Some people you know, came across an article on Facebook two months ago. They might have done a course in university, like a beginner um, psychology course. And they came when they were studying personality types. So some people don't actually know they're introverted. But I think once they have that information, then it lands for them. So once once they figure out that they're an introvert, how how does that change how they look at themselves? And yeah, and it it really depends on the person. Uh, for myself, I think for a little while I felt like it almost intensified that feeling of failure, because I was like, oh, I can't change this. Like this quiet thing I've been trying to somehow recover from, I can't change it. But then I got to the point of like, there's really great things about being a quiet person. So. And there's also that relief in um, getting that information that helps you make sense of yourself. So most people like like when those pieces land about, you know, why they don't do well in large groups, you know, why maybe conflict is hard for them. Um, but it sometimes but it doesn't always solve the problems that they're having. So I think that's kind of where the friction shows up for people. Now, going back to what I had said uh, at the beginning of the show with with the, the young young man that I was uh, uh, working with, yeah, I was trying to force him to be an extrovert and try to influence him 
to change his personality to fit what I thought they should be. Um, why do people do that? Why do, I don't understand. I, I understand now why that why I shouldn't, but why do people do that? And I think our culture really supports that extrovert ideal. Uh, and we think that that's, that's the way to be successful. So, and if you don't challenge that, or if you don't, and for myself, I wasn't even aware that there was an extrovert ideal. So then we just follow what we think we're supposed to do. And, um, and it's just reinforced in so many ways. Like even if you watch the TV, the, all the characters are going to be really extroverted. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, so we just really offer that if you to be successful, you have to speak up. You need to have lots of friends, um, like all of those messages. So in the like the piece about how to be successful as an introvert, it I, isn't so much missing now, but definitely, you know, 10, 20 years ago, it was missing. Now, shyness is is. Uh, like a fear of social judgment and introverts is more about you respond to social stimulation. Why is that such a hard distinction to understand? Because I think it can look the same. So someone who's shy, likely, so that person's shy in a group setting, they're they're not speaking, you know, they're probably looking a bit awkward in their body. An introvert can look the same. Um, So I think that's why they get mixed up. But shyness, you know, people can learn skills to deal with shyness. So that can change over time where introversion doesn't change over time. You know, we can become more introverted or less introverted, but we never stop being introverted. And I, I think with the names that I put out there, you'd be surprised at how well they've succeeded, uh, you know, by, by being introverts. And um, I think a lot of them succeed uh uh, despite all the social influences that they have, do you think that's true? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think what really helps introverted people do well is that they're passionate about whatever that thing is, and then they just follow that, and then don't so much listen to the messages about um, you know to be successful. These are the things you have to do, right? They just really follow their own path and. Um, yeah, get to where they want to be. Yeah, you mentioned earlier, just a short time ago, you said about uh, introverts who, uh, they, they try to act extroverted, but they have they want to get out of their own shell, so they try to act uh, extroverted. Why is that? And I think it's that same, like there's that, they, they, want, they want to be accepted, right? And we all, we all have that need to be accepted. And so often introverts can feel quite flawed, as we've mentioned. So like that, like if I show up in my quiet self, people will see my flaw, so I can't do that. So I have to show up and I have to talk more. I have to connect more. Um, and some people can do that. Some introverts can do that. But then there can be a long-term consequence for that, though, because I... Um, I have one friend and she talked about how she's able to do that. So then she shows up at these events looking extroverted. So people are connecting with that extroverted, almost like that pretend person. So they've connected with that. So they don't really know her. So even though she's shown up and she's talking lots, she's feeling quite lonely and disconnected from people. Uh, And then the other issue that can come up is for introverts to act extroverted things like alcohol and drug use helps that. So so that becomes a problem too, right? So they're drinking more to be social. But then when they see these people once they're sober again, it doesn't, again, there's, they're not interact. These people aren't interacting with the same person. So, so they're still not building the relationships that, you know, that are good quality relationships for them. So there's a, like a, a internal chaos that nobody sees, right? Yeah, yeah. And this one, and I don't know why this is, but as introverts, we're so good at containing our emotions. So um, I, I can be a pretty anxious person. And even like I had mentioned that to my sister a few years ago, and she was surprised to hear me say that because she, she doesn't see my anxiety, right? But it's so contained and I do kind of I do a lot of things so I don't feel anxious, which is still anxious behavior. 
um, you know, and we can be mad and our partner won't know, our family doesn't know, you know, our, our employer doesn't know, so we can keep all of that inside. So we're walking around with all this internal chaos, but we present as very calm, kind, nice people. So, you know, and there's, there's a good side to that and, and an obvious downside. So you're married, right? Yeah, yeah. So was it uh, was it difficult having a kind of developing relationship uh, at 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 an age when you were still trying to find yourself? Um, yeah. Like when I think of like dating before I met my husband, yeah, it was tricky because you're always kind of putting yourself out there, and especially at the start of a new relationship, you you have to open up to some extent and and that can be a tricky thing for introverts to do um, but when we trust somebody that becomes so much easier so I knew pretty quick with my husband that this was the person I was going to marry so then it became easier to open up to him you know kind of throughout the years we've had different challenges around that because when I not so much now but when I would get mad I wouldn't tell him and then that you know like so I'm mad by pretending not to be mad, trying to interact with him, right? So, you know, so we definitely had to work on things like that in the relationship. Wow, that, that's kind of difficult to navigate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, especially when he didn't know, right? It's, that's a tricky one. <laughs> so, How yeah, long have you been married? Um, 19 years. So 19 years, but so, so you didn't realize mm-hmm. you were an introvert until you saw this uh, YouTube uh, when you were 40. So uh, that's, I found that kind of interesting. And then all it did, did the light, like it was like a light bulb moment or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting, interesting because it was my husband who showed me the video and he said that you need to watch this. I finally understand you. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> well, let me watch it. And, but yeah, like, because, uh, so it was Susan Kane. So she was describing me by describing herself. Right, which is an interesting experience to have, and yeah, and to also see it in a positive light. Right, she wasn't seeing her quietness as a negative thing. So, yeah, yeah, so it was quite powerful. I actually saw that uh, when you told me to to take a look at it. Uh, I thought it was very intriguing. So, uh, her name is Susan Kane, C A I N. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So, anybody listening who feels that uh, they're going through. Uh, 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 situation where they they're not sure you know if they're an introvert or not. Take a look at that uh, YouTube video from Susan Kane, and based on what what uh, Tracy's talking about, what Susan's talking about, it, it makes perfect sense, and uh, it's very very insightful, very engaging. But uh, did you feel like you were damaged before you found yeah, out you're an introvert? I, I wouldn't use the word damaged. To me, the word would have been um, defective. Okay. Right. It's like I like a bit like I came into the world a bit wrong. Right. Like it's almost like I you know, wasn't put together quite right, kind of before I landed on the earth, um, and that there was no way to fix that. Right. So, um, but again, like as I learned about introversion, realizing there wasn't things to fix, but I, I did need to learn some different skills though to be able to manage better. So we talked about depression. Is that uh, some of the symptoms uh, that people fall under uh, and they feel like the, the, that they, they're not able to get out of that situation because they feel like this is who they are, but they want to be better. They want to be an extrovert. Yeah, yeah. And I think that can be quite a heavy place for people to land in. Um, if, if you only see introversion as a deficit, it would be hard not to be depressed about that, right? So, um, yeah, so I think if, if people are listening and they can relate to that, I think it's really important to, and there's there's some pretty good books, well, really good books out there now that have a much more positive view on introversion that can be helpful. So, because it's really, like if what we think about something is going to impact how we feel about it, so we actually can change how we feel about being introverted and then that can change depression now why is it uh, so important to carry that label as being an introvert because i never even even considered that because i've heard the the word introvert and uh, extrovert all the time i think everybody has but why 
why does there need to be a label attached to being an introvert? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a great question because so and I would say generally it it doesn't matter. So if I'm introverted, you're extroverted, we can still live our we can still live our good lives. The the issue becomes when one when extroversion is seen as better than introversion. And then that's where I think the importance of labeling it and then understanding why some people might be suffering. And just again how you talked about this student that once that piece of information landed for you about him, then it changed how you interacted with him. Yeah. So, so, so that's, to me, that's the benefit of labeling, not to be, you know, somebody's better or worse, um, because it's all the same, right? It's just how, if we're putting judgment on one over the other, that's, you know, that, that's where a lot of the issues arise. Now, they, uh, introverts, they avoid conflicts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and we're kind of masters at that, um, and yeah, I, this was a really interesting kind of personal thing for me to go through, because for so so there was a point as we talked like, where I knew you know, discovered I was introverted, and as my learning continued, like oh we don't we don't like conflict, and learning that from my clients as well. And then I had a period of time where I thought like that is such a great thing, like I'm not causing conflict any place I go. But then it got to a point of, oh, when I avoid conflict, that actually causes more problems in relationships. But I think what happens for us, so even the thought of telling somebody we're upset with them, we can just feel like this huge overwhelm inside, so like that internal chaos that nobody sees. So we haven't even like made a plan to talk to this person and we're already feeling overwhelmed. But then when we go into that conversation, you know, we might get in a good... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details you know, four or five sentences about why we're upset. And then if that person is, it doesn't like what we're saying, you know, which is common and fair, that, so they tell us why we're wrong or why they disagree with us. Pretty quickly, the overwhelm gets so big that we can't even think anymore. So you all talk to my clients about having an empty brain. So I can agree with the person, but I can't actually think anymore. So even if I started the conversation that I was upset, it's got to a point of now I'm agreeing with that person. And you know, and it might even be like two weeks later where I realize what happened, even though I was part of it. So, so we avoid conflict to avoid all of those negative feelings that go with it. And especially if we haven't had success with conflict. Um, but we can learn how to deal with it, though. I would imagine, though, that uh, that kind of, those kind of situations, uh, the person you have the conflict with, with it's already going to know that you're going to be given in, right? Uh, because of the history of you know uh, other other conversations, um, how does how does someone deal with that? Uh, trying to uh, try to get themselves out of that. Yeah, and the best thing that that I do, so if, especially if I'm starting that conversation, is that I'm going to have maybe two points that I need that person to know about. So, you know, I'm upset with you because you said you were going to do the dishes and you didn't. The person's like, well, you know, I was going to, but I didn't. I forgot. So then the conversation can go someplace else. And then I just bring it back to I'm upset because you didn't do the dishes and I need you to follow through on what you're going to do. So on the introvert part, if we keep it really simple, then then the conflict, because the more that's added into that conversation the it's going to add to our overwhelm that empty brain so really sticking to those one or two points can can be helpful and then that person hears that they're not going to kind of take the conversation elsewhere now our our was asking the question do you think introverts are pushovers and have to deal with that as well like i like we can be pushovers and i think just really what i was saying is that because it's hard for us to deal with conflict, then we just say yes. 
right? So, um, yeah, so I think kind of a big piece is us learning how to tolerate being uncomfortable when other people don't like what we do. Because right? I think then sometimes too around introversion, we can also be quite sensitive and we don't like to hurt people's feelings. So we don't say no to them because we don't want them to be upset. So it's like we have to learn how to tolerate somebody being upset with us when we take care of ourselves. That would, uh, I mean, I, I don't feel that way. I mean, because uh, I'm just, I don't know where I fit in that spectrum, whether I'm extrovert or introvert, but I would kind of feel like I would feel, well, I don't know, like like I, I'm not a, a whole person because I don't feel like I can deal with situations in a normal way. Yeah, and I think that's a really great way to say that um, because sometimes with introverts, only part of who we are is in the relationship, right? So kind of like the nice, agreeable part is in the relationship and this, you know, irritated, I don't like what's happening part, we don't share that. We can share it, but you know, that's often, again, when we get into trouble in relationships because we're, we're holding too much back. Now we feel resentful. Now we're snapping at our partner. Um, you know, or we just quit our job at work and the boss had no idea that we were unhappy. So, yeah, so I think an area that I work on with my clients is how do you let more people in, but not becoming an extrovert, though, right? By being able to share more of, you know, the good parts of you and the, the parts that are struggling. Now, speaking of the workplace, uh, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. What, what are the issues introverts experience in the workplace? I think a lot of, I think that's where, um, like that social piece can start to show up again in that, because um, as introverts, we kind of like, we go into work, we do our work and we go home. And a lot of us aren't looking to make friends at work. Like, we like to be friendly with people, but you know, at lunchtime, you know, we might eat lunch in our office and then go for a walk or eat through lunch and leave early. So then we look like, um, it looks like we're antisocial. But it's more like, no, we're just here to work. And then I'm going to see my friend or my partner after work. So I'm not here to socialize. So then we can be left out of things. And then when it comes to um, like more that informal networking, you hear about different opportunities because you you did go out to like the more extroverted people getting together at lunchtime. The introvert can miss out on those opportunities. So and then also if there's any bullying at work, if the introvert doesn't have a good, strong network of people, and that even if that's one or two people at work, they um, they can be quite targeted at work as well. So, yeah, those are a few of the issues that, um, that I see show up with more introverted people at work. So how does an introvert uh, try to stop being a target in the workplace? Yeah, and it, yeah, it just really depends with that. Um, it's, yeah, and that's a tricky one because sometimes if that bully's coming for you, it's, you're trying to navigate that the best that you can. Um, I think as introverts, we can be quite good at spotting that person before anything happens. Because I know when I was still working, um, like doing agency work, I could spot that person pretty quick. So then I would just be nice and friendly to that person and not share anything personal. So, um, but if that person really is out to get you, you know, if you do have a good relationship with your manager, talking to them, um, you know, standing up for yourself, if and if it's safe enough to, uh, and sometimes it could be looking for a different job, if because I think a workplace has to support. The, like the bully getting into trouble, and sometimes workplaces support the bully being a bully. Yeah, but so. I think that's so hard, isn't it? I mean, because I, uh, I mean, going to going to management, I've heard this so many times where they're worried about being the snitch, and uh, and if the management is not a hundred percent supportive, uh, then you just sign your death warrant in that job, you know. And it's it's unfortunate that happens, but that's just the way it is sometimes. Yeah, yeah, because it takes it takes braveness to stand up to a bully. Um, but the more we do it, the more that becomes a norm. Because I think for too long, the norm was to support the bully, even if that, even if people didn't have that awareness. Um, 
but you know we can be scared and still do something. Now, Alyssa was asking the question: uh, Would you say everyone has to deal with this at some point in life? And I'm actually not quite sure what she means by that. Um, I'm thinking she asked about dealing with uh, being, uh, I don't know, labeled as an introvert. I'm thinking that's what you wanted to, to ask, Alyssa. If not, just to ask the, the question in a different way so we make sure we answer it the way you wanted it. Yeah, no, like in some introverts, they like their life is just built so nicely around their quietness. So they might not be having a lot of friction. Um, but I think for most of us, you know, when we're out going to work and, you know, dealing with family and friends and, you know, intimate relationships, that things about being quiet it can get in the way, right? Again, if you're too private, if you avoid conflict. So usually at some point in our life that we do have to deal with some of those things. Now, let's, uh, let's go a little bit about what, what you do. And I want to find out uh, 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 the biggest thing is what you do is you, you 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 do counseling for people. Why is it important for people to seek counseling? Yeah, and yeah, I'm a big believer in counseling. Um, yeah, so when we're struggling, so when we're struggling, we only have our brain to figure out answers to that, and. You know, sometimes we can do that and sometimes we can't. So if you've been in that place for a long time, so whether, you know, you've been depressed for a long time, your anxiety is getting worse, you know, let's say somebody passes away, a relationship ends, and you just can't, you kind of just can't get past it. That I think that's where counseling can be such a great, um, a great tool. Because I think if you're with the right person, that counselor can help you understand yourself. Uh, and then give you some tools to move forward. And I really believe that with counseling, a lot of a lot of the work is just having somebody really understand us. And then the tools on top of that are great. But if you if if somebody's in counseling and that counselor doesn't get them, and then they give them tools, it's it's not really going to work very well. So. So what tools do you give to someone who's struggling? Yeah, so I'll pick anxiety because that's uh, a, a more common thing that I see in my office. And the place that I would start often is, um, like, I think first we need to understand the anxiety. So what makes that person more anxious? What makes them less anxious? And then once they have an idea of that, it helps that anxiety not feel so permanent. Because especially when anxiety is big, there can be the sense of, I'll always feel like this. It'll never get better. But the anxiety will go down. And for some people, it, it only goes down a bit. Some people, it goes down more. But then it's helping them see that, um, you know, my manager makes me more anxious or my manager makes me feel less anxious. So then they see that there's different things that impact the anxiety in different ways. And and then helping them look at, like, then what are the, some of those thoughts? So let's say it's the manager that makes them more anxious. What are those thoughts that they think about their manager? You know, well, he'll he'll be mad at me if I make a mistake. Um, maybe today's the day I'm going to get fired. And I don't, like, I, and that can be a common one, but I think that can be common for introverts or extroverts. Like that sense of you might make a mistake at any time and get fired. But really listening to what those negative thoughts are that you have that also feed the anxiety. And then starting to challenge that, is that actually true? So lots of the people that I work with have this great work history, great work ethic. So looking at like, no, you're actually doing a really good job. Your workplace is safe. And then can they start to believe that and believe that they're good at what they do and even believe that if they did get let go, you can they get another job? And, and most people can get another job. So it's really looking at those thoughts and beliefs that keep that feeling going. And then we can change those thoughts and beliefs. Yeah, I kind of relate to that because I know that uh, I have a, an unquestioned work ethic. I, I work hard whatever job I've ever done, but I've always had in the back of my mind that uh, I'm going to screw up somewhere and I'm going to end up losing my job. Now, it's very, very rare that it's ever happened, but I had that feeling, that nagging feeling that um, uh, something bad was going to happen. You know, if I just screw up and, and they... Uh, I had one job. They documented every little thing that I that I did, 
and just made me my ability to do my job that much harder. Oh yeah, and that constant watching, right? That's stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is kind of interesting. I in researching about introversion, um, I found out something about. Uh, people who are introverts they they interact with people easier is that true they so what i would say to that if we're comfortable we interact really easily with people and if we're not comfortable it's really awkward so um yeah and whether that's in a group of people or one-on-one that can make a difference so if i've um yeah, if I meet somebody and their energy energy just seems kind of like loud and aggressive, I'm going to have a hard time talking with that person. But if I meet somebody and their energy is just really calm and relaxed, then I'm going to talk so much easier with that person. So, yeah, so I think that's where introverts, we are more impacted by stimulus like that. So it makes a difference for how we show up. So now since you're... Uh a counselor and you you are you consider you being an introvert do you find it easier to counsel people who are going through the same thing yeah very much yeah yeah because even just um yeah like just their how they kind of get stuck makes sense to me so then the pathway out becomes more clear right and um i think when i was it was once I knew I was introverted. So it was pro- like maybe when I was about like 42, I had I had gone to a therapist for myself because I was really, it was after I had my second child and was just really struggling with isolation and wanting to make some more friends. So I went to a therapist to help with that. And, her, and, and she was a lovely woman. She just wasn't the right person for me. But she suggested um, that, I, that I join some kind of group to meet people and um so she asked me what i'd like to do it's like well i like to go running so she suggested suggested i join a running group and i get why that makes sense um but i had already tried that right so i what i learned that i don't do well in a group setting typically so so then when i sit with my clients and they're looking to to connect with people I, i wouldn't suggest to them that they show up at a group to do that right that looking at ways, better ways for them to connect with people as an introvert to start to build up those friendships and kind of that social network. So what do you get out of helping people? Because, uh, I, you know, I don't know how it is being a counselor, but I would assume you get something out of it on a personal level by helping someone else out. Yeah, yeah. And I love helping people heal. And I think in terms of like the, the introversion piece, I would say it's like, so when we're feeling really bad about ourselves because we're introverted, to me, it's unnecessary suffering. So it's been something that's been given to us in terms of, you know, you should, you shouldn't be like that. So like, I just really love to help people feel good about who they are because there's enough suffering that just happens in our life, right? Like we're going to, you know, relationships and we do get fired from jobs. So, um, so there are other areas where we actually don't have to suffer. And so to help people not suffer because they're introverted and to start to see these really cool things about being a quiet person, uh, it's it really love to be able to do that with people. Do you, do you find people uh, spiraling uh, out of control because they feel like uh, their self-worth is, is very low? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say, um, like when I would say, when I was saying earlier about before I knew I was introverted, I didn't know why people would want to be friends with me, those kinds of things. So I'll see that with my clients too, that without those really good connections, and again, it just needs to be one or two connections, they really can kind of spiral in that isolation almost. So, you know, like they go to work, and especially if they don't have a partner, they go to work, they don't see anybody until they go to work the next day, the weekends are on their own. And and that can that can leave people in a really bad place without enough social interaction, um, e- like even just without that connection with somebody else. That'd be kind of difficult to to uh, 
navigate uh, through every every single day. I would imagine that. Uh, um, do you offer some kind of a special coping coping skills for people uh, to go back into society and 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 uh, work from their issues? Yeah, yeah, and it really comes. Um, yeah, so when somebody's in that space, the place that we usually start to work is how do they feel about themselves? Because like that would be an example where I can tell them, you know, reconnect with some old friends, invite somebody over for coffee. But if their self-esteem is so low that like the and the lower like the lower we're feeling, the harder it is to reach out. So when we're at our lowest moment, that's when it's most important to reach out. And that's when it's the hardest to reach out. So starting in a place of, you know, let's understand introversion a bit better. Let's let's talk about what's normal as an introvert and what are normal problems as an introvert. So then they start to feel a bit more, even if at first they start to feel a bit more connected to me, again, that there's somebody that understands them, then they're going to have a bit more energy to start reaching out to people. But with the goal that it's somebody where it feels safer to reach out, um, you know, and that can be then at that point you know, to reconnect with an old friend um, or how do you start connecting with somebody new? So is there somebody at work that you really like that you'd like to invite out for coffee? You know, go for a walk at lunchtime. So just helping them start to see, you know, there are possibilities of connecting with people. So I like what you've been talking about uh, throughout this this hour here because it just it. I just harken back to what, what I went through with this uh, young man that I talked with at, at Five Star. Uh, it's, such, it's such a relief for him because I know that, uh, you know, he's, like I said, he's excellent in the classroom. And I, just, and I keep thinking about, well, if he's so excellent in the classroom, he must be doing something to engage himself in, into uh, the class. But in essence, what he's doing, he's just stepping back and 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 uh, watching what's going on in the class and doing all the work and all that sort of stuff needs to get done but he's doing it and like like he's in the background all the time and and I started I kept I kept pushing him and it just it really bothered me that I was doing that and I wasn't seeing any results but uh, after talking with you tonight and after talk talk with him uh, last week I can see how people can uh, uh, be misguided as far as trying to push someone to be something that they're not. Yeah, yeah. And and I think I said earlier, um, in a group, we can actually feel quite connected because we're listening, we're observing, we're putting pieces together. We're not doing the verbal piece of sharing. So I think that's kind of the, that missing kind of that missing experience for the other people because they don't know how we're connecting with everybody. But as you said, you could see because he's a good student, he's very much absorbing everything that's happening. Um, but I'd be curious to see what your relationship with him might look like six months from now, right? That he might feel, you know, more calmer inside to share more of what he is learning and what he does want to share. Yeah, he has his moments. You know, when we we, we talk about a lot of deep things, we were you know, like this uh, this Wednesday, we're going to be talking about suicide. So. Uh, he's able to connect with the, the other students, and he's very helpful and engaging, and and helping uh, the other students out. But uh, it's it's not every week that he does this, you know. And once he feels like he's the center of attention, uh, he kind of pulls back because he kind of feels like uh, I don't want to go any further because I get I I start pulling myself inward, and uh, I can see I can see in dealing with him the kinds of things that you have to deal with on a daily basis when people don't want to put themselves out there right yeah yeah and even like that's a good point that when we're the center of attention that's a huge stimulus for us and so then that's when that shutdown internally can happen and then we can't find the words um and that can be through practice that can change but if you don't have that awareness as an introvert why it's happening um and it's a really normal thing that happens too but yeah, it can be quite painful as well when it does occur. You know what? I hope he's uh, he can listen to the show. I think he'll he'll appreciate uh, my my take on it and, and listen to you. So um, I wanted to thank you, uh, Tracy, for being on my show. You are very insightful, and uh, and uh, I'm hoping that a lot of my 
my listeners who are on the show are listening to the show and asking questions that we answered the questions to, to the best of our ability. How can people reach reach out to you? Yeah, if they wanted to check out my website, quietpathways.com, um, and if they did have any questions, they're welcome to email me. I think my email address is on there, and they could sign up and join my email list and I kind of send things out, kind of like monthly, kind of tips and interesting things around being introverted. Uh, on Facebook, um, my business page is Quiet Pathways, and, um, and then LinkedIn, if they just type in my name, Tracy Gillette, they could follow me there as well. Yeah, that's where I found you, Tracy. I, I thought it was uh, uh, very interesting how it worked out because we've been talking what, for, for months, I think, right? And, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was very grateful that you agreed to be on my show. And it's been, uh, uh, and I always enjoy doing shows like this because uh, I've, I've dealt with issues with some, I guess, about uh, talking about bullying, but I knew that I wanted to expand. Uh, about the like I always talk about the human condition all the time uh, about improving life and having this show I think will affect a lot of people because uh, they are going through the same thing uh, as being an introvert and uh, they're not defective like you said and I think it's real important that they understand that and that they can move on with life and be successful in whatever endeavor they want to do whether it's in in uh, in home or in any kind of relationship or, or work or anywhere else. And I think uh, what you talked about tonight is is, is going to uh, have an impact on a lot of people. So I want to thank you again for being on my show. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Tom. I really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, I sure did. Man. It was a conversation. Um, and as I end all of my shows, I want everyone to smile infectiously, laugh genuinely, Love unconditionally and live courageously. I believe in all of you, and this is Lent season, so instead of giving something up, uh, I suggest this is what I do for the past 10 years. I, I send out messages to people every, every day uh, offering some words of encouragement, and I suggest that might be a good idea because it changes people's lives for that particular day. And the messages that I've received from people back has been just as encouraging because the, the, the thing that they're saying is, I need to hear it that day. I think it's important that you do that. Reach out to people every day as much as you can. So I want everyone to have a great week. And I will see you. In, uh, I have a very special guest. I won't uh, want to divulge just yet, but uh, look for it uh, for next Monday at 9 o'clock. Have a good night. <laughs>